0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA podcast. I am your host and my name is John and this week we are back with episode 97 where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC fight night going down this Wednesday. May 13th, 2020 starting at 6pm Eastern Time taking place from Jacksonville, Florida we got 11 fights from Jacksonville this fight night has a lot of different names, ESPN Plus uh, Fight Night, whatever it is it's going down from Jacksonville, Florida this Wednesday, a special time the UFC is running a lot of events to make up for that deficit during the coronavirus we just got done UFC 249 this past weekend and we are getting right into another fight night, there's another card this weekend too, so there will be a lot of Martian MMA episodes this week. Just a quick note on UFC 249, it was an incredible pay-per-view. It was so great to have the UFC back. I think the card overperformed in all aspects. And, you know, the main event was just sensational. If you listen to the podcast last week, I did say I was putting my biggest bet ever on Justin Gaethje. I said that the odds were off by 30%. And guess what? They were off by more than 30 They were off by close to 40%, I would say. The odds capped Justin Gaethje at around 35%. And he ended up looking about like a 75-80% favorite in there. It was a complete bell-to-bell domination, ending in knockout in the fifth round for Justin Gaethje. And uh, the biggest bet ever of my betting career did cash. It was the most successful betting night uh, of my UFC career. So I hope to keep that going with this week. But I definitely do not have as strong feelings in the betting lines uh, for these fights. I don't have any fights I particularly love, although I think I have a good sense on how these fights will play out. So... Getting things started in the heavyweight division, we have Chase Sherman taking on Ike Villanueva. The opening betting line for this one was... Villanueva the minus 140 favorite to Sherman plus 120 since then the line has flipped we're now seeing Sherman minus 155 to Villanueva plus 135 and I definitely agree with the line movement in this one I think that Sherman should definitely be the favorite in this one I think he could be even more of a favorite than what he stands at now although it is low level heavyweight um, it's short notice I believe for both of these guys Sherman has a lot of UFC experience, but was cut after suffering a lot of losses a few years back. Has been winning fights over an island, fighting uh, bare-knuckle fighting, staying very active. And Villanueva has been uh, picking up some low-level victories, I have to say. His opponents has not have not been good. He looks uh, rather fat in, in some of these fights. Those were at 205, too, and this fight is at, he- at heavyweight he Villanueva actually fought as low as uh, 185 he fought most of his career at middleweight and has just been ballooning up in his past few fights so I don't like the heavyweight move for him necessarily I have not been impressed with his past four fights there are four knockouts but there is nothing to like in those fights just slow boxing sloppy punches from Villanueva and I think that Sherman is just a lot more technical in all aspects of MMA I don't expect to see any takedowns from either guy in this one but Sherman has been throwing a leg kick in his most recent fights that has been giving him a lot of success and I just think that Sherman having the cleaner boxing technique having that leg kick um, and probably being the better athlete being in better shape here I think that he wins this fight Uh, I think he should be around minus 200 favorite in this one I think that Villanueva is pretty much knockout or bust and I've not seen any decent knockout power from him and I think Sherman actually has a pretty good chin and he's been looking pretty durable in his fights lately so I'm pretty confident in Sherman in this one i wouldn't go uh, too crazy on betting on this because it's low level heavyweight but i do think that sherman at minus 155 this uh line that he's at right now is actually uh, a lot of value so the pick once again sherman by decision here and he might even get a knockout the next fight is in the bantamweight division we have hunter azure taking on brian kelleher the opening betting line for this one was azure minus 200 kelleher plus 170 right now The line margins have tightened up. We're seeing Azure minus 175, Kelleher plus 155. So, more action coming in Kelleher's way. And I agree with the line movement here, too. I think that even now, the line is still a bit wide. I think that Azure looked pretty good in his most recent fights. He got that. Uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series win over O'Conn. He dominated him throughout that fight and he looked pretty good in his UFC debut picking up a victory over a very well-rounded Katona. I think he got taken down in the round three of that fight and lost round three but he was very physical in that fight. He was getting takedowns, stuffing takedowns, uh, winning the striking exchanges but I just don't think his striking has too much depth to it. I think he kind of just wings punches and he's very athletic. He's a very good grappler but I think that he hasn't really faced too much opposition in his in his UFC run so far. I mean, Katona does not really have too sound defensive grappling, and Okan certainly didn't. And I was just unimpressed with Azure's top game versus Okan. He was on top for five to seven minutes dominating that fight going for chokes and all types of submissions but just couldn't get the finish just didn't didn't seem to have too much finishing ability on the ground and Kelleher is very solid on the ground as well he had a very nice victory by submission in his last fight he just took uh O'Day Osborne down uh Grinded him against the cage and eventually was able to get a nice Armin guillotine choke, which is probably his most uh, reliable choke, is the guillotine. Uh, and it's definitely going to be a factor in this fight. Azure looking for takedowns. Kelleher's front chokes might, uh, you know, prevent Azure from getting those takedowns so easily. And on the feet, I think it's going to be really competitive. I don't see a clear advantage to either guy. I think uh, Kelleher actually has the better volume of the two. I mean, Azure landed only 40 strikes in that fight versus uh, Katona that he won. And Kelleher has had pretty good volume in his uh, his decision wins. Most notably, Burrell, he landed 100 strikes. He landed 80 strikes versus Kelleher. And I think that he has the more reliable volume throughout the, the three rounds. So I'm actually going to side with Kelleher in this one. I agree with Azure being a slight favorite, maybe 55%, uh, minus 130 towards uh, Azure. But I definitely think that this plus 150 is a, a good amount of value on Kelleher. I think the striking's competitive. Uh, I don't think either gra- guy will be out grappling each other. I think the bigger submission threat is Kelleher on the ground too. So I'm going to pick Kelleher by decision in this one. I like the value on plus 155. I uh, have not locked in a bet yet, but I will look to uh, continue... Uh, monitoring Kelleher's price throughout the week to make a bet. The next fight is in the lightweight division we have Gabriel Benitez taking on Omar Morales. And the opening betting line for this one was Morales, the favorite, at minus 215. Benitez, plus 165. Right now, we are seeing Morales, minus 175. Benitez, plus 155. So, Benitez moving up in weight. He's fought his entire career at 145. He might have had a few 55 fights in his entire career. And he I think he's actually the more proven mixed martial artist. I mean, Morales does not have that much footage. He only had about seven to eight minutes worth of footage outside of the UFC including the contender series and he did get 15 minutes worth of fight time versus Dung Hyung Ma in his last fight he just did not prove that much about his game he stalled in top position for like five to seven minutes in that fight Ma had just absolutely nothing off his back was just going for weak Kimuras and Morales was content to stay on top nothing against Morales he just did the bare minimum to win that fight he Only landed like 40 strikes throughout that fight. It was not an impressive volume performance. He didn't really show too much depth to his game. Although he did drop Ma with a really nice spinning back kick in round three. That was definitely his best moment of the fight. But we just don't know much about Morales besides that he's an orthodox striker. He's got a decent right hand, a good calf kick, and just basic, basic kickboxing skills to be honest. We don't m- know much about his ground game except for what we saw of him stalling on top versus Dong Hyung-man. From what I saw there, he doesn't seem to be uh, looking to pass guard. He doesn't seem to be a submission threat. Doesn't seem to have much wrestling. I think he just caught a kick and g- turned it into a takedown. So he's not a takedown threat. So I don't think he'll be able to outgrapple Benitez. So I think this one will be uh, entirely contested on the feet. And there, I, d- I just think it'll be extremely competitive. And I think these exchanges might even go Benitez's way. I think he's got or i know he has much more mma experience he's almost a 30 fight veteran he's been in the ufc for much longer and his last fight versus sadiq Yousaf was actually a pretty good performance he was a two to one underdog in that fight and he made it really close he had some good moments he rocked sadiq Yousaf with a straight left hand his inside leg kick was looking good so i think Benitez has much more experience fighting uh, orthodoxes than morales does fighting southpaws and i think that benitez's straight left hand might find a home that inside leg kick that his his left kick is just really good he goes to the body head inside leg kick with it i think that that's going to be a big tool in this fight and i just think that what we've seen from Benitez, we we can believe that he will be the more active, he will be the more consistent and successful striker in this fight. And Morales might surprise us and show some more depth to his game, uh, up his output from what we've seen in his uh, fights against Park and against Ma. But we just don't have anything on tape to believe that Morales should be this much of a favorite in this fight. Uh, the size advantage is definitely a factor in this fight. That's why Morales is so favored. But I mean Morales is not a big 155-er. He's only 5'10". He's only going to have one or two inches of height and one or two inches of reach. So I think Benitez will be game in this fight I think it'll be very competitive and I like the value on on Benitez as the dog and I actually think he wins a close decision in this one I think he's got the better volume he's got a technique advantage on the feet as well and I think that we're going to see some experience advantage for Benitez here too so I'm expecting a very close fight I like the value on Benitez at plus 155 again have not locked in a bet but we'll be monitoring that price throughout the week to find a good price to go in at so the pick is Benitez by decision the next fight is in the women's bantamweight division. We have Sajara Eubanks taking on Sarah Moras. Sajara Eubanks was the massive favorite, minus 275 at opening, plus 235 on Moras. Mar- People are still betting Eubanks all the way down to minus 380, moras plus 315. I won't spend too much time on this fight, but I will just summarize it real quick. I think Eubanks is better everywhere. I think she's the better striker, certainly the better grappler, much better on top. Uh, can actually do damage on top, while Moras is an okay grappler, an okay striker, she's just very sloppy, not too good anywhere, and once again, Eubanks is just better everywhere, I think that she wins this fight, but it's probably going to be sloppy, it's going to be ugly, I think there'll be moments where Eubanks does not look uh, a four, minus 400 favorite, so it's a total pass, uh, if you want to Uh, toss a half a unit on Maras I I don't blame you because I think that there is some value there but I think that Eubanks wins the decision in this one and it's going to be a a very sloppy ugly fight and uh, I would not advise betting it at all actually I'd say this is just a total pass in this one the next fight is in the lightweight division we have Michael Johnson taking on Tiago Moises the opening betting line for this fight was moises minus 155 johnson plus 135 since then action came in on johnson we're now looking at a minus 110 pick them on both sides so needless to say the more uh, experienced guy johnson is getting more action i actually agree with the opening line in this one and disagree with the line movement i think that moises should be a A pretty decent favorite in this one minus 150 is definitely appropriate because Johnson can definitely win if he keeps the fight standing but he's just gonna have to fight a very technically sound fight he's gonna have to be on point for the full 15 minutes and he just is not that type of fighter I mean this guy has lost so many fights Uh, When he was the better fighter than uh, his opponent and he just let it slip through his fingers. I mean, Darren Elkins, Josh Emmett, and Stevie Ray are three really recent examples of fights that he just let go. He was beating all of those guys and... uh, somehow was able to get taken down or to get knocked out of some of some fashion in all three of them and uh, Johnson is kind of just a wasted talent and I think he's definitely a declining fighter at this stage in his career and I think Moises has been a little underwhelming in his UFC career as well I definitely had higher hopes from him uh, seeing his LFA fights seeing his uh, contender series fights but he got dominated by Daryush. He was dominated by Isma as well. He did have a nice performance against uh, Holobok in there where he showed some uh, decent wrestling. He showed uh, his striking skills. But uh, on the feet in this one, I, I would definitely give an advantage to Johnson. He's still going to be the better, uh, better striker overall. He's got that slick southpaw boxing. Uh, but I think that Moises will be competitive on the feet. But where this fight gets uh, non-competitive is on the ground. Moises is a, a world-class black belt he actually has really good wrestling too I've seen some nice double leg takedowns from him especially in the Hollabock fight and I think that that takedown will be the key to victory here I think that Moises will probably start to get outstruck on the feet look to level change hit that double leg and then once he gets Johnson on the ground I think that that should be a wrap I think if you watch Johnson on the mat in round three versus Stevie Ray he looked awful I mean he got taken down and had no energy left I mean this was the third round after all but he could not get up he just got his back taken he, he he showed no initiative getting back to his feet and let that fight slip through his fingers a very winnable decision for him but it went uh, it went Ray's way and probably rightfully so uh, I, I thought that Johnson won that fight watching it live but re-watching it I, I can see why Ray stole that decision so uh, I think that Johnson could win this fight if he keeps it on the feet if he maybe is able to hurt Moises with some punches while they're striking but if Moises, or if Johnson does not get Moises out of there by knockout, I'd think that Moises eventually drags him to the ground, starts to out-grapple him, and eventually gets a submission. So the pick in this one is going to be Moises by submission, and I like the value at minus 110 for Moises, and that's the best price it's been all week. So maybe we even see uh, Moises jump up to an underdog at some point. So I think there's a ton of value on Moises' line. I would wait to hit it until we uh, get a more definitive pick uh, idea of where the price is going to close towards fight night so once again the pick is moises by submission and the next fight takes us to the heavyweight division we have andre arlovsky taking on felipe lins the opening betting line for this one was lins minus 205 arlovsky plus 175 right now we are seeing lins minus 155 Arlovski 135 so Linz making his UFC debut he's been picking up nice wins over in the uh, PFL promotion he's been looking pretty solid over there I actually like what I see from Linz as a heavyweight he's got good boxing skills not too much power but just good consistent volume got good clinched knees where he was able to finish some of his opponents and what I like most about him is his gas tank honestly he he seems to have a really good gas tank he has been fighting five round fights over in pfl and uh, he's comfortable going into those late rounds and that's what you want to see against Orlovsky because uh, eight of arlovsky's last nine fights have gone to the decision he's had some questionable volume and a lot of them he let a lot of those fights uh, slip away from him a lot of decisions he could have won that he lost by a small margin and he's also had some good performances where he's won decisions by a wide margin too so arlovsky's kind of a a weird specimen at this point I mean look at that last fight versus Rosenstrike. just terrible performance he was knocked out in 30 seconds he ran right into a left hook that Rosenstrike was fainting in front of his face it was just a terrible performance and you know it was weird because Orlovsky went to decision eight of his his eight fights in a row eight heavyweight fights in a row it, it's not common they go to decision and then he just gets knocked out in one punch uh, by Rosenstrike. and it wasn't even the cleanest punch uh, it was just like a nice little check left hook, and it just put Arlovsky out, so who who knows what to think about Orlovsky. His durability is, is a definite question. I think Linz is definitely the better athlete, the more durable, the fresher fighter at this point in his career, but he's also coming off of a 17-month layoff, has not fought since December of 2018. This fight was announced uh, several months ago, though, and it's been postponed multiple times, so both guys should be in shape. They've known about this fight for a long time. I'm sure they've stayed ready throughout the quarantine. And I'm sure that Linz will be ready for this tough test uh, in his first uh, his first UFC fight. I, I think I agree with the line movement a little bit. Um, money should come in Arlovsky. I don't think Linz should quite be minus 200. I think that Linz should be a uh, 60% favorite around minus 150 in this fight. And I think that he could run away with it. I mean, he could start winning the fight early and Arlovsky could be out of ideas. I mean, he really does not have much besides boxing and low kicks at this point. Um, but I mean he looked good versus Rothwell he had ext- extremely high output and great success with his boxing in that fight but then Rothwell looked terrible in his last fight versus Struve so maybe that was more of a case of Rothwell being shot than Arlovsky looking good but we'll talk more about Rothwell when he fights later in the card so uh, I'm in this one I'm picking Linz to win a decision I think that he will have the better output throughout the three rounds and outboxes Arlovsky but it's a close fight uh, I think I would pass in the betting line in this one I'd say it's dog pass uh although i do favor Linz to come in here and win this uh, decision it's hard to land that uh, favorite price on him in his ufc debut off a long layoff against a tough uh proven guy like arlovsky so um it's going to be dog or pass but the pick is Linz decision the next fight is the first fight on the main card in the middleweight division we have carl roberson taking on marvin vittori the opening betting line for this one was vittori the favorite minus 150 roberson plus 130. Right now we are seeing Vittori minus 170, Roberson plus 150. Slightly more action coming in on Vittori's way and I agree with that action. I think that Vittori uh, has a very good matchup in this one. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Vittori Lady. I think he's making huge improvements his takedown defenses look sharp his boxing has looked really good he's had good output and cardio a win in all three rounds of his fights I mean he dominated Mutanchi and Andrew Sanchez and has had a lot of good performances lately so I'm really liking from what I've seen of Vittori uh, Roberson has Picked up some decent wins in his past few fights over Kopilov and over Turman. Although the Turman fight was really close, he struggled with the grappling of Turman, And he didn't look overly impressive versus Kopilov, but he did turn it up late. He got a takedown, took Kopilov's back, and was able to get a third round rear naked choke in that fight. But... I don't think Roberson will be able to take down Vittori because his, Vittori's takedown defense is just so good. He's got good footwork and and good boxing, straight punches to keep Roberson from coming into a takedown range versus him. And I just think that Roberson will be outgunned on the feet as well. I think Vittori is the better boxer. It's going to be a fun Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup. And I just think that Roberson is more of a power-reliant striker. I think Vittori is much more technical and probably outboxes Roberson on the feet, is able to stuff any takedowns, and wins a pretty comfortable decision in this one. Uh, I like Vittori's output a lot more. He lands four significant strikes per minute versus three for Roberson, so... I just think this is a very tough matchup for Roberson. He's not going to be able to take Vittori down. And I think he's going to have a hard time landing on Vittori as well. So I understand people coming in on Vittori, betting him at the price. I would cap him at around 65 to 70%. So I think he should be around minus 200 here. So there's still some value left on Vittori at 170. And the pick is going to be Vittori by decision. The next fight is in the Bantamweight division. We have Ray Borg taking on Ricky Simone. The opening betting line was Borg minus 125, Simone plus 105. Right now, the line has flipped. We are now seeing Simone minus 170, Borg plus 150. So a lot of action coming in on Simone. I agree with the line flipping in this one. I think Simone should be the favorite here. It's worth noting that this fight is at 135, Borg has fought most of his career at 125, but just cannot make the weight and is being forced to move, it up, move up to 35 again. And he's just been undersized and has not fought as well at 35. His gas tank is not as good, and he's not able to out-grapple guys as easily as he is at 125. I mean, he could be one of the best flyweights in the world if he can get that weight right, but instead he's kind uh, of just an above-average band weight. And I think that he's really going to struggle here because he can't, Outgrapple Simone I mean Simone has only been out grappled by one guy and that was Mirab, who was uh, just a beast at 135 one of the best grapplers at 135 and just relentless takedowns and pressure and Borg does have a similar fighting style I just don't think he will have as much success versus Simone Simone is really hard to hold down he's got great defensive wrestling great get-ups he's just so hard to hold down And I think that Borg will really struggle because grappling is his main path to victory. His striking is not very good. He's not comfortable striking. And if he's not grappling, I have a hard time seeing him win this fight. I think that Simone will be the better striker. I think he's more aggressive on the feet. He's definitely not scared to get hit. I mean, that last fight versus Font, he showed a pretty good chin. I mean, he did get knocked out by Uriah Faber. We had some questions about his chin. And then he goes out there and absorbs some massive strikes from Rob Font in a a very competitive fight that he lost uh, by decision. But... Uh, I think that Simone is the much more natural bantamweight. He's going to be the more physical, aggressive guy in there. I give a slight advantage to him in the striking. Uh, actually more of a, a massive advantage to him in the striking, and I actually give him a slight advantage in the grappling as well. So I think Simone is able to defend Borg's takedowns, do more damage on the feet, and be the more active guy in winning this decision. I think that we actually see might see Simone hitting his own takedowns on Borg too. So it should be a fun, uh, exciting. High Amplitude fight but I'm going to pick Simone to win a decision but at This price of minus 170 I think it's a Pass now I think the people who came In early on Simone getting uh, Maybe below minus 150 On him got a good price but I think it's getting A little steep now Simone Isn't the most reliable fighters has Let some fights slip through his fingers that he should Have won so uh, it's going To be a pass in the betting line I uh, would not advise betting on Borg either because I think he does lose here but uh, once Again the pick is Simone by decision The next fight is in the lightweight division. We have Drew Dober taking on Alexander Hernandez. Opening betting line here was Dober the favorite at minus 140. Hernandez the plus 120 underdog. Since then two-way action is coming in. We now see Dober minus 120. Hernandez plus 100. So. Really fun fight here and I like this matchup for Drew Dober a lot. I think he's been looking fantastic lately. He's been getting some quick knockouts over good competition and he did lose that Benil Daryush fight which was a pretty bad loss. He made a lot of mistakes in that fight. He was winning that fight and just made a a series of mistakes i mean terrible decision after terrible decision that led to him getting armbarred in that second round but i think that he has really turned a corner in his past two fights he's really starting to fight to the best of his abilities using his uh, incredible boxing his great pressure and setting up that southpaw left hand of his that has been putting people to sleep so His opponent, Alex Hernandez, on the the other hand, has not been looking too good. He suffered his first loss, getting knocked out by Cerrone in round two back in early 2019, and then came back to fight uh, Francisco Trinaldo and was very tentative, uh, was not as aggressive as usually was. He was getting counterstruck, got outstruck throughout that entire fight, and then was gifted a a very lucky decision by his hometown Texas uh, judges. But regardless of my opinion on the decision in that one, I think it's irrefutable that Alex Hernandez did not look the same fighter he did versus Benil Daryush and versus OAM and when he was undefeated and aggressive and... I think that losing to Cerrone definitely humbled Hernandez a little bit. I think it made him realize that he has to change his fighting style, that he can't just charge forward in the pocket all the time because that really is his style. I mean, he waits on the outside and then he charges in with big bursts of offense and crazy wild punches and shooting for takedowns and muscling takedowns. I mean, he is a pretty good grappler. But he just doesn't really excel in any uh, aspect of grappling. He has decent takedowns, decent top pressure, decent scrambling ability. But I do not think that he will be able to to reliably outgrapple Dober here. Uh, Dober has struggled with uh, grappling in the past. He has been taken down by Camacho. I mentioned earlier how he got submitted by Daryush, But you know, Dariush is a way better grappler than Hernandez. And he he caught Dober in a very crafty armbar. I just don't see Hernandez having the reliable enough takedowns, top pressure uh, to keep Dober on the ground. And the biggest thing is, I don't think he's going to be able to get close enough to Dober on the feet, because Dober is going to have a massive striking advantage in this fight. I think he's going to be counter-punching Hernandez hard, and I actually think that he probably knocks Hernandez out at some point here, because, I mean, there is just a massive skill discrepancy in the boxing between these two. I really do not think that Hernandez has much boxing skill at all, and I think Dober is one of the best boxers in the division, and he proved that by knocking out one of the other best boxers in the division in Nasrat Hakpras in his last fight it was just an incredible performance it definitely drew Dober's best win to date and I think that he is uh really coming into himself as a fighter right now he's training at team elevation with Justin Gaethje who of course had his uh, magnificent performance a few days ago winning the championship so it's a culmination of a lot of things I think that Dober is improving in his fights he's Fighting in a great camp with great coaches and training partners and I listened to an interview with him where he sounded very realistic in his approach to the fight and how he's going to tactically approach this and his game plan and he just sounded uh, he sounded very good and uh, definitely could be a bit biased because you know because I listened to that interview but I think the tape speaks for itself Uh, we see Dober who is a massively improving fighter and Hernandez who is a very inexperienced fighter who's still kind of learning about himself and And definitely showing some weaknesses in his game. And it's showing that his game is just not very uh, in-depth overall. So I think we see Drew Dober put on another great performance here. I think he counter-punches Hernandez coming into the pocket and catches him with a knockout uh, victory here. So the pick is going to be Drew Dober by knockout. In the co-main event of the evening in the heavyweight division, we have Ovin St. Preux, OSP, taking on Ben Rothwell. The opening line for this one was... OSP, the slight favorite, minus 125, Rothwell plus 105. Right now, we are seeing OSP minus 140, Rothwell plus 120. So, uh, wow, this is insane that this fight is co main event. OSP moving up to heavyweight. OSP has been definitely declining in the past few years, but he looked okay in his last fight against McCall. Ola Chechuk was able to weather an early storm, got rock with some punches, but was able to start taking McCall down and was. Actually, able to get that OSP choke again in round two, and I think that he has definitely looked like the the, the more fresher, capable fighter than Rothwell has lately. I mentioned Rothwell earlier in the podcast. Uh, in his fight with Andre Arlovsky and his past two fights he has just looked so bad he's looked slow and hittable and he got lit up with punches by Arlovsky he was h- eating head kicks and punches from Struve and was actually able to win that Struve fight because uh, of some crazy stuff that happened in that fight hilarious fight I recommend you go back and re-watch it but Benton Wathrell did not Deserve that victory at all he proved nothing in that fight and even though he was able to knock out struve uh after those nut shots that that's not a good performance at all from rothwell i think that osp's win over mccall Olachechuk was definitely more promising than uh his the most recent fights we've seen from rothwell and even in osp's loss against nikita krylov he was adamant about takedowns early in that fight he attempted a lot of takedowns early and that's what you want to see is OSP knows that grappling is his only path to victory, and I think that that's the best path to victory here against Rothwell. I think he should go for takedowns, try to use his athleticism to get Rothwell down to the mat in the first five to seven minutes because after that, I think OSP will start to gas out and he won't be capable of hitting takedowns anymore. But in the first five to 5-7 minutes of this fight, I definitely favor OSP to hit takedowns and to look to outgrapple and possibly submit Rothwell here on the ground. Uh, Rothwell does have that front choke of his that he likes to use as takedown defense, but I don't think that that will work at this point in his career. I think that we, we're just seeing Rothwell massively decline athletically, and he just can't, can't avoid strikes in the feet. He just does not see strikes coming, and even though I don't OS think OSP will be a, a big threat on the feet. I just like what I've seen from OSP a lot more lately. I think he'll be the better athlete. I actually like the move up to heavyweight for OSP. It's a short notice opportunity. He should be fully hydrated and instead of cutting the weight down to heavyweight, uh, to light heavyweight for a change. So, I like OSP in this fight. I think that uh, you should definitely, um, it's definitely a favorite or pass situation before the fight. Maybe look to live bet Rothwell if he survives round 1 or maybe some midway through round 2. because he could start to take over uh, later in the fight but I definitely favor OSP to hit takedowns early and the pick is going to be OSP by submission now in the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division we have Anthony Smith taking on Glover Teixeira the opening betting line for this one was Smith the minus one sixty five favorite two to Shara the plus one thirty five underdog right now we are seeing Smith minus one seventy five to Shara plus one fifty five so two way action coming in on this fight, I would say a little more on Smith's side. Smith is the much younger guy, I think he has the I wouldn't say even the better wins lately though. I mean, Glover Teixeira, despite him being old, despite him not looking like the same fighter he once was, despite him struggling a lot in these past few fights, he is 3-0 in his past three fights against three younger, uh, probably more talented, athletic guys. Uh, definitely more athletic guys. I mean, Roberson, Kudalaba, and Kralov were all more athletic than uh, than Glover. But Glover is still being durable. He still has good technique. He's still hard to finish. And he's still a hard guy to beat. And I think that the, in the pre-fight betting line, I think that Glover has some value. I think that I like Glover's chances at winning this fight early. And I think that he could uh, be a problem for Smith on the feet. And I think that he on the ground, he's certainly going to be a problem for Smith. I think that Glover is the much better grappler. He still has some ability to hit takedowns and he's does really good work from top position with ground and pound with taking backs with his uh, arm triangle chokes. And I think that if he can get Smith down on his back in the first round or two, I think that there's a great chance that Glover submits Anthony Smith here but if Smith is able to weather that early storm and to get uh, Glover into rounds three four and five that's when Smith's athleticism his cardio uh, should take over and that's when Glover uh, should start to fade and Smith probably finishes Glover in the later rounds I really don't see this one going to a decision um, because just how old Glover is and we haven't seen him go to many decisions lately anyway I mean the Krylov fight um, he was able to win that fight via decision. He he secured two rounds of that fight, um, although he started to fade really badly in round three. I mean, he's a sensational grappler. Glover is, and Krylov is not so much, but Krylov started to out-grapple Glover to share in round three just because of how tired Glover was. So I think that Glover has a small window to win this fight early round one, round two, and... Um, But if he does not get that takedown, I think that he is probably doomed and probably gets outstruck by Smith in the feet and eventually gets knocked out in the later rounds. Um, so the pre-fight value is on the dog and Glover looked to live bet Anthony Smith if he survives the first few rounds. And I actually think that Smith will survive. I think that um, Glover is going to struggle getting the the fight down to the floor because, I mean, even Ian Kudalaba was able to stuff like seven of seven takedowns versus Glover to share because Glover just doesn't have that speed, that explosiveness to shoot takedowns on his opponents anymore. Smith definitely struggles with takedown defense he struggles with getting off of his back once he's on the floor so I definitely think that that's what Glover is going to push for he's going to look to get those takedowns but if he does not get them like I said I think he's getting knocked out by Smith here so in terms of an official pick I'm going to go with Smith by third round knockout um, but I am I think the chances of uh, Glover getting that early submission are pretty decent too. So I understand the people who are pre-fight betting Glover in this one. I would say it's definitely dog dogger pass. Once again, look to live bet Anthony Smith if he is able to stay off his back early in this fight. So once again, Smith round three knockout is the official prediction here. So in terms of bets for this one, definitely don't feel as strongly as I did about the last card UFC 249. Uh, I definitely think I will end up on Drew Dober, um, Marvin Vittori, Thiago Moises, Gabriel Benitez, Brian Kelleher, and Shay Sherman. And just for uh, undetermined amounts yet, I'll post my, my final bets over on my Bet MMA Tips page. You can find that in the description on YouTube or on my Twitter page, UFO underscore UFC. So we got three UFC events in one week. Uh, That'll be three Martian MMA episodes. Thank you all for tuning in again. I will be back by the end of the week to break down the next UFC card going down this Saturday. But that'll do it for this Wednesday edition of the UFC. And I will see you all later this week. I hope you enjoy the card this Wednesday night. Peace.